I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victories. And for all of you out there on and behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and tonight we're broadcasting live from Las Vegas. So we're sending the links out to some of the people here that are in the area. Uh, they'll be joining uh, and I'm going to grab the link, do the same, and then I will mute this computer and join them outside in a minute. If everybody's is working, then we'll start chatting about SHOT Show. Hello? Yo. Are we live? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear guessing. anybody talking. So. Well, I'm guessing he's got it started because uh, none of us can see the chat. So I guess he's got it started and he's going to come back out. Oh, he's, there he is. There he is. Yes, yeah. that's what he was going to do. Welcome to the Daily Gun Show. <laughs> right, we're coming to you live from Las Vegas. Yes. I can't hear you. I'm not fucking live. No, oh, you guys have the show. I'm asking. You oh, we're doing it. Okay. Oh, awesome. Well, there we go. They're kind of arguing right now, or we're live, so I guess we've got control of the Daily Gun Show. So, the welcome, Vegas welcome, crew. Welcome to uh, the argument at shot. <laughs> the argument over who's running the Daily Gun Show, and it's us. So, here we are. Exactly. Oh, welcome. It was, uh, yeah, it was an awesome day. It's been an awesome week. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I can only compare it to one year, but this year for me was. I mean, night and day, awesome compared to last year. I can't speak for Pink or you know, Armentia or Clover or G or Marco. No, or I mean, I talked to I talked to several. You know, we we hung out with the Gear Report guys a lot. They were busting pump the whole show, and two of them it was the first show. You know, and and uh, one of them, well, uh, Jeff obviously has been through several, and and one of them it was his second show like us, and he was kind of kind of they're all kind of the same mind that. You know, this year there was a different atmosphere, different electricity in the air. Um, as far as, you know, being able to, to broker deals, uh, everybody was just in a good mood and willing to willing to take a chance. So uh, it was a, I don't know, good year for influencers, creators, all of that, I think, for sure. Uh, and just everybody trying to get things done. I'd tell you, and taking a step further is, is I had, you know, a lot of conversations with companies. And I had, I mean, a lot of companies say that they had record years at shot this year as far as numbers. So it's not just on the creator side, I think. I think even the industry is seeing 
something's going on. Not really sure what it is, but something's going on. And even the, the industry is kind of excited about what's going on. I don't know if Pink, did you see the same thing? Did you hear this kind of the same thing? Mm, I haven't really, I mean, I've been just going around taking pictures of neat stuff. Um, you know, things like that little mini Mosin and things like that. that that's what's uh, been catching my eye. Did, uh, like, you've been to more than Clover and I have, but the energy inside SHOT Show, I know that they say that the uh, the crowd was smaller, but they did it on purpose. They tried to cut down on getting three or four people from a gun shop that were not doing anything. They are just walking around. But I said, a lot of companies said that they get complained saying they don't, they're wasting a lot of time, so they kind of cut down. I wonder if having less people actually made it more productive, though. I mean, did you notice an energy change at all this year? Um, I know one that I talked to, because um, they moved from the next area that was right in front of the, um, um, shoot, our, our, our uh, media room. They moved down to the dungeon, and they said it was a totally different atmosphere down there um they got a lot more traffic upstairs because they were right there in front of the press room and you know they had more people walking by and everything else but like i said it was a t uh, they said it was a totally different uh atmosphere down below just <laughs> make sure that g knew his camera was on <laughs> Um, I want to bring Armenthia in for someone who this is her first shot show and for someone who came in with very little expectations of what was going on. She had an absolutely huge week. What was your first impression of shot show? Um, my very first impression was, oh, my God, what did I get into? <laughs> well, you did have a meltdown on Tuesday. It's all good, though. <laughs> But since then, since Tuesday, though, I've not had a meltdown. I did have an issue with a company that was, uh, there was a, just one guy within that company that was kind of rude to me. And I say kind of rude, I mean, he was just a flat out but, um, But other than that, I mean, for me, coming into it with no expectations, I'm going to tell y'all that this has been just the most amazing week. It has just been a kick-ass week that that I've been able to, to make contacts with, with people that I never dreamed would happen. And so I foresee opportunities just, it's, it's going to be amazing. I can just see it. It's going to be so amazing. So. Yeah. I want to see kind of what G, cause I didn't really see G a whole lot this week as he was doing his thing, but from the two way side, I had some awesome talks with Brandon from firearms policy coalition had a, me and Clover had an amazing talk with Timothy Knight tonight with the NRA board member. And I was going to bring G in and ask from the 2A side of things, did you have, what was your experience with the 2A side this year? So I got a chance to talk with Alan Gottlieb for a while. That was pretty good. <clears throat> and then, I don't know, a couple other people, I suppose. Um, you know, it's not a 2A show, right? It's industry. So it's not like, you know, I'm expected to uh, turn 2A or anything, but at least people were willing to listen to me, give me a couple of minutes to do my thing and let me hone my elevator speech down a little bit. We'll see if anything comes of it. I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. For example, meeting every month to keep, you know, 
an awareness and a, a focus on Second Amendment issues, uh, ideally to get to a point where we can all you know, motivate and move in the same direction. So they all think that's a great idea, but, you know, there's a lot that's going on this week. Everybody's drinking from fire hoses, so we'll see how much of that we can follow up on or what. You know, I, I had got a chance to meet Cheryl Todd and, and spend some really awesome time with her. And she's an amazing person, her and Danny. But I noticed that she was going around SHOT Show a lot, talking gun rights policy conference and AMCON. So I think that maybe you got a piece of her ear and she was out there trying to get something going for that. So that's a positive. Right on. What was that? Oh. So, um... Yeah, that was cool. So you guys talk. I saw a couple. I'm not trying to draw a blank now, but I saw a couple of things where you guys had posted Instagrams um, of people you met that I didn't expect. So I'm wondering, is that just chance meetings or were those people on your list or you just recognized them in the crowd and said, hey, or did they come to you? Cheryl Todd pulled me off to the side and was like, hey, I wanted to meet you. I've heard about you from from. G-Webs or gun websites is basically what she called you. But we had a great talk. But Brandon, meeting up with Brandon with the Firearms Policy Coalition was brought to me from another person that says, hey, I want you two to meet. Because I had a discussion with a person about 2A, and then she found me today and says, I want you to meet Brandon. We talked for half an hour. So that was kind of brought together from a third party, which was awesome because I went even after the show for about 10 minutes to a little event that he was hanging out in, a, in the bar there at Venetian. And we talked for another, what, 10 minutes or so. So it was one of those things that it was facilitated through a third party. But it was cool to get to meet someone who's literally on the front lines of the Second Amendment with the Firearms Policy Coalition and hear what his thoughts are and what they're trying to do, being relatively a very small organization, but bringing a lot of power to the fight. So it was really cool talking with them. I really appreciated that talk. So did they have time to talk to you? I mean, I know they're busy there. I talked to him for half an hour down in the dungeon. We pulled off to the side and we literally talked for half an hour. And then I was invited to come talk to him more for about 10 or 15 minutes after the show ended in a little social gathering. And he sat there and he and I had a discussion for 15 minutes. So all to go is about 45 minutes that he and I just talked. So I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, very cool. You know, another, another aspect too, <clears throat> something that I run into that I think was it's pretty neat. Kind of plays in, I guess, the second part of it just a little bit. It certainly plays into the the whole us against them <laughs> argument. And that's um, um, we had a couple of people that I was able to talk with there that were not not anti-gun, but they were just not firearm people. They had no experience with firearms. They they had no experience with the culture or the community or anything like that. And they were you know thrust in the shot show, right? The biggest industry show in the world. Uh, to kind of get your feet wet and, and learn what it was all about and meet people. Uh, you had uh, Deb with uh, Mental Health America, and, and um, I can't remember her name now, so they'll probably crucify me for it later, but <laughs> the new uh, the new marketing gal from Tandem Cross, uh, which I did the, the product release this week uh, with. And, um, you know, both of them, you know, like I said, they, they weren't anti-gun, and it was interesting talking with them and getting their feel of SHOT Show and, and you know how good the people were and friendly how friendly the people were and and how they were were quick to you know not not demonize them or or you know jump off into you know a big 2a argument when they asked a question like 
you know, what do you need an AR-15 for? You know, and they were they were met with solid answers. I mean, they were given the constitutional answer, and then they were given a practical answer. Like, you know, well, first of all, the, the Constitution is not about a need. It's not about a want, you know. Uh, it's about an inalienable right to defend ourselves, and then it's it's about you know the government being restricted from infringing upon that right. And you know that was explained to them in a very nice way, not a, a shouting them down or, or telling them, giving them the what for. And then a more practical answer, like you know the AR-15 is no different than any other firearm, just like a Lamborghini is no different than any other car. Is it is it practical for most people? Probably not. You know, a revolver would do just as just as good for home defense. But, you know, if you can afford it uh, and, you know, use it safely, just like driving a, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, you're not going to take it down the highway 200 miles an hour before you go. You know, if you want to get out and open it up, you're probably going to take it to a racetrack or someplace like that, just like you would take your AR-15 to the range or out in the woods hunting or, or wherever. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. The, uh, <clears throat> the, the girl was of... Latin descent, let's say, born in, in Florida, the marketing girl, born in Florida, but lived abroad. And I really didn't get into her personal life as why that was, but uh, spent a lot of time apparently in South America. So I'm, I'm thinking Latino, you know, South American Latino. And, uh, you know, she talked a lot about communism, you know, so where she wasn't necessarily pro-gun and she wasn't necessarily anti-gun, she was definitely anti-communism. And, uh, you know, so... You know, that puts her on our side a little bit because she knows that, yeah, she knows that the firearm, you know, owners, firearm ownership is something that to keep communism from, from taking root. Uh, and she appreciated that. She, she talked a lot about how she was looking forward to that job with Tandem Cross and learning more about the industry and, and getting to shoot some of the firearms that she's seen and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was really cool to talk to both of those individuals that, you know, yeah, you wouldn't expect it shot show yet, and they were there, and they were enjoying themselves just like everybody else. I'd say one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, and in the gun industry or not, is I got to spend a half an hour basically one-on-one -on -one with Maj, and then I hung out with his crew while he gave a speech yesterday, and it was a room full of white, older men, basically, and Maj had these guys in the palm of his hand. Like, he got a standing ovation from what we would consider the typical NRA guy, you know. And he had them eating in the palm of his hand because, I tell you what, the message that he brings and how he presents it is special. And, I, you know, if you don't walk out of that room respecting Maj and what he's trying to do, it's truly amazing. I told Clover, you know, it's kind of like how I would imagine like a Malcolm X, kind of a militant guy. But when he gets you in a room back in the 60s and he speaks and you're like, wow, this guy's for real. And, and he's amazing to talk to. And he's he's a really, really, really solid dude. And I really enjoyed that. That was kind of almost an experience in itself of SHOT Show is watching Maj do his thing and literally hold a group of white older guys in the palm of his hand and could do whatever he wanted to. With him. It was special. It was really amazing to watch. And, you know, you know building off of that, I think it's, it's safe probably to talk about this. I know we've got plans to definitely hit on it in the future. And that was the conversation with Tim Knight uh, that was eye -opening. On, on the board of the NRA. And, and, you know, you know, Maj appeals and can appeal and can rally a certain demographic, you know, that, you know, we can't reach, you know, we're white male rednecks and we can't reach the, the really reach the inner city uh, like he can. 
And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I would not use his tactics and his ways of doing things, but, you know, the underlying purpose and the underlying mission is the same mission we all have. And what Tim spoke about was, you know, we need more ambassadors for these different boxes and these different labels and these different classes. We've got the FUDs. We've got the inner city guys. We've got the tactical guys. We've got the three percenters, the shall not be in friends guys, all of this. And we need all of them active. We need all of them voting, not just voting for the board of the NRA and that sort of stuff, but voting in these elections, voting in, you know, pro second amendment politicians and that sort of stuff and holding their feet to the fire when they don't, you know, go through with their stuff. And, you know, it's going to require, you know, not demonization of certain groups. It's going to, it's going to require people that can speak to those groups to step up, you know, and motivate those groups to, to get out and do the right thing. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was an experience from all aspects for me. And I, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but for me, it was it was a 180 degree different from last year for me personally. And, um, you know, I hate to say that, you know, if you miss it this year, you might have missed a really amazing shot show for a lot of different reasons. And I'm hoping next year builds more and builds more. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it was it was cool. Like G said, this is not a 2A gun show it's an industry show that is evolving or around the 2a but there was more that i heard i noticed more 2a stuff being talked about this year than last year and maybe that's a step in the right direction i miss seeing kevin's gun what was that all about um, he had a uh, basically a VP an HK VP nine that was a kind of a red and black kind of um, I don't know what you'd call it a it was a red and black VP nine and then he had what was the other gun that he had that was the Harriet Tubman gun which was pretty cool yeah I don't I don't even recall I mean unfortunately there were so many people around the around the booth I didn't even get a look at what what gun it was. I believe it's still an HK, but it's just the uh, the compact version of it. So it's a full-size. Okay. But the coolest thing about the gun, I mean, like, of course, Kevin had to get it painted in red. But the coolest thing about the gun is the actual case because the case yeah. tells an amazing story. Um, yeah. I got it. He, he, I told him, I, like, he, he was like, all right, I'm going to give you the spiel because I came in maybe, like, an hour after he revealed it. So there wasn't a crowd there. It was just me and him talking. And, and he's like, and I was like, bro, like, you know, he's like, I'll give you the spiel for the story. And I was like, remember, this is Instagram. So thank God now Instagram has that swipe right feature because it he barely got it under 10 minutes. And I got to chop it and do all that and just make it a bunch of uh, one minute slides, basically. But, yeah, the story is amazing for those guns as far as like the actual detail and the casework, um, as well as the story that it tells. Like on, on the uh, Harriet Tubman gun i didn't get a chance to get up close but did it have a story about harriet tubman is that what it was or was it about underground railroad i couldn't i didn't see it but he was talking about harriet tubman but i saw i figured that was the theme of the case maybe uh it's it, it's not so much i mean like it, it touches on harriet tubman but it's more about the underground railroad and how like gun control is racist and in, in just nature and then the second I, I can't remember if that's the full size or the compact one but then the other one was the uh was the Black Wall Street, where basically uh, that's the bombing of black citizens in Oklahoma. I believe it's 1921. 
I don't know the exact year, but yeah, there's definitely a history to it. Like I said, I got, I got a bunch of chopping and uh, a video that I gotta do, and I'll get it up on one post, but it's gonna be long. Yeah, there was a there was a pretty good crowd there gathered around. They basically took that whole aisle up, and people were trying to get, but you can't really get close unless you're up up front. And it was so loud as it always is in that dungeon, anyways. But um, you know, it's it's here, and you know, we talk Nash talking and how he has a presence about him and how he can talk. Well, KD has that same ability when he talks. He talks in a way that is appealing to everyone, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, or whatever. He talks in a way that you're not offended by it. And so I think that Maj and KD in the next couple of years are going to have an opportunity to really kind of push a message that is needed in the community for sure. Didn't KD's uh, gun also have like a matching flashlight and flashlight holster? And, yeah, that's and, uh, why it was at the Enforce. He's using the Enforce lights on both of them. That's why it was presented okay. at Enforce, yeah. Yeah, so you get a matching holster, gun, flashlight, everything. And like, and like Marco said, the case, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't get it close up, but yeah, they was, put they, the they detail nice. in the case. It was awesome. It was definitely worth, you know, the case itself was awesome. Yeah. I just had one of my posts removed from Instagram about the thumb fire, uh, the thumb fire trigger. At least it was the second video, which that one didn't have that many views, but the first one had a lot of views. But yeah, it just got deleted. Did they give a you know, reason for, why? You know, if you're, yeah, they always just list like the generic reasons as far as what a post can be deleted for, but they don't, they don't actually tell you no which one it violated. You know, I got a chance to take a look at that. It was shifting gears in the product a little bit, and uh, they had two different versions there. And the first one they gave me. I was skeptical walking up completely. And I think somebody posted a video. I don't know if that was Hank or who, but somebody posted a little video about it. I think the day before maybe or something. And uh, so I was just walking around and I happened to cross it. And so I wanted to, wanted to check it out. And so the first one they handed me, I was not a fan at all. Um, the, even though you was using the thumb, I mean, it was, it was really awkward. And it, it was almost like a really heavy trigger pull on top of it. It was just strange. Um, and then they had one that uh, they had another one sitting there, and I and I told them that you know I'm like you know I'm kind of skeptical of this. I'm, I'm I shoot precision and all of this. I don't see the need, and it's just one of the things. And not to knock it because there's lots of products that I've seen over the years that I've just really seen no mark you know no market no need for it. Uh, and you know, it, it, they come come into their own. So I mean, this it could be the next thing. Who knows? And uh, they handed me another one that um, uh, is a, a more advanced version that they were, you know, they were playing with. And um, man, it was a really nice, really crisp break and all of that um, because of the design of it and everything. The grip was really big, and you know, there were there were some drawbacks to it definitely. That I talked with them about it, and they said they are working on that. Uh, it is going to be a, a – uh, there's no way to do it in a standard AR-15 lower. So, you know, it's going to be its own uh, proprietary lower, unfortunately, for that, that particular model. But I think they get, once they get some of the ergonomic kinks worked out on it, um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. It's, it's definitely an out-of-the-box concept for sure. So Gary joined us. Thanks for jumping in, Gary. We're all standing in the parking lot, if you can't tell. So um, 
if you would to let us know if anybody's comment or anything out there. Okay. Well, do. I want to pull a G webs and kind of go through the room and he likes to do this stuff on different shows, but I want to ask two questions. One, what's the coolest thing? It doesn't have to be a gun. What's the coolest thing that you saw this week? And the second question is, is, is there something that you haven't seen yet that you hope to see tomorrow or you wish you would have seen? So pink, what about you? Man, I think you picked me first. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I'll go first. Probably the, it was the same thing for me, I think. One of pink pictures was that little hose-in-the-gun-looking gun that's like the size of a cricket. So yeah. I missed it. Go back and look at that tomorrow. That looks cool as shit. Yeah, that was definitely a nice nice little thing. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't mind picking one of those up myself. Just just to have it on displayed on the wall beside, or like underneath of a full-size boson. Um, let's see, what else? What else did I see? Um, no, probably that left-handed M14 also. Um, you know, all of them's right hand, and then this company uh, came out with the left-handed. I saw them there last year, but um, I know they've got a 450 Bushmaster M14, and uh, I kind of like to see what else they can uh, do with that uh, platform. Is there anything that you haven't seen that's on your list that you want to see, hopefully, maybe tomorrow? Um, right now, it's just more. Uh, I want to get more pictures of AKs. I know some of the guys were asking for more pictures of AKs. That MP5 from uh, Palmetto State was pretty neat. I can't wait for that to come out. That's That's been a big talk around. Uh, everyone's been talking about that, and I can't wait for it, too. I love MP5s, but yeah. Armentia. Armentia had a big week. What's the coolest thing you saw this week? Oh my gosh, y'all already know this. Without a doubt, it's going to be my bling bling. Oh my gosh. I'm all about some bling bling ear, some earpods. Oh my God, they're so awesome. <laughs> they're so Gotta get awesome. some bedazzled ear pro, huh? <laughs> they are sweet. And and I got, to, I got to thinking about this because a lot of guys ask, um, what could get my wife or girlfriend out to the range? Oh my gosh. If she went out there and felt just absolutely amazingly beautiful because she had some bling on her ears. Oh my gosh. I can just see it because it's going to be awesome. You know, we do that whole range hair. I don't care. But at the end of the day, you really do. I promise we really do. And so some bling on our ears. Oh my God. I'd be out there. I'd be out there more. Yes. So without a doubt. So, but my enthusiasm over those ear pro um, is what got me invited to that dinner too. So, which was really awesome because it takes a lot to really get me super excited. And that was just, oh my God, I love them. <laughs> I will own a pair. They are freaking awesome. So, so pack and Marco. Yes. There you go. Pack and heat. Yeah. Go ahead. Aren't those things like super expensive though? They're, they're like a hundred, 150 bucks. Like they're not cheap. Okay. You say that. And that's awesome. I'm the type of person I can look at something and say, Oh, that's kind of cool. But I look at it and I'm like, uh, I don't really need that. And I'll put it down. When I feel the passion, like what I feel for these, I don't give a damn. Oh yeah. No, trust me. I'm, I'm like, going to own a pair. I'm going to own a pair. You're talking to a guy that's got yeah, shoes that probably exactly cost more like than it. guns. <laughs> I don't care. 
<laughs> and that's that's the type saying, of like, person I am. When I find I, something I absolutely love, I don't care. I, I totally agree with you. I, I I spend ridiculous amounts of money on stupid things as well. I was just saying, I'm, I was surprised at how much they actually cost for what they are. Like, that was actually like the surprising part. But it's because yeah. of the quartz crystals. It's because of the crystals that they use on them. That's what yeah. makes them expensive. And because I do a lot of crafting and stuff, I do a lot of DIY stuff. And I know the price of these things. I don't buy the real crystals. Do you know why? They're freaking expensive. But, oh, my God. These are absolutely beautiful. So, but you weren't going to let me finish the second part of your yes, question. Yes, was. You were fixing to skip me. I didn't think you were going to say you saw you, you haven't seen anything. You've been so on a high, so yes. I Is there anything that high. you want to see? Yes. <laughs> Is there anything you want to see tomorrow? Okay, so I've, I've looked around, and I've never gotten or understood the whole patch thing. I have to admit that. I, I didn't get it. I did not get it. So I didn't understand needing a backpack that had the freaking Velcro or why Clover spent freaking hours trying to make sure he had this backpack that was covered with all this flipping Velcro. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'm telling y'all, I did not get it. Okay. Do you I want, now? I want a freaking pink and blue backpack with velcro i don't want one of these ugly pink freaking camo things that they've got running around this shot show because it's ugly it's i think ugly. i, I think voodoo tactical has that. a pink and black one voodoo well, see, tactical, I, i've got to figure out where they are because i'm gonna own the, one of them too they're they're so, all the way in the upper left hand corner by faxon like along the Nikon side, but all the way in the back. Doesn't uh, SOE also make uh, like a pink I think SOE makes like a gray or a black with some pink piping or something. Yeah, that's not what I want. I want it to be pink. It's gotta be pink and I want some black on it or even some gray, I'd be okay with gray. They have a, and, and, they have and bedazzled. They have a teal and black one. They have a You know what, if I can't find it bedazzled, if I can't find it, I've bought the stuff, and I can put my own freaking bedazzle on it. <laughs> but I want a backpack. I want a backpack with Velcro on it. I want, and I'm going to get my own freaking patch. Hey, Clover, I'm just saying you might have created a damn monster. I don't know, man. Just saying. <laughs> Marco, what about you? Best thing you've seen, and what's one thing you want to see before you leave? Uh, before I leave, I don't know. I mean, I've pretty much seen everything that I wanted to see, but... Definitely was the thumb trigger. That, that was the most innovative thing that I saw. And whether people liked it or not, I, I give it credit for being innovative. Yeah, that's the cool thing about innovation, man. Is it, it doesn't mean it has to work. It doesn't mean everyone has to like it. But if no one's trying to push the edges, then we don't ever evolve. So, yeah. Whether, like you said, whether people like it or not, it's whatever, you know? It's kind of like the full conceal uh, block, the folding block. I mean, I mean, when it first uh, appeared, everybody was like, you know, what the heck is this? But, uh, I mean, it's taking, it's starting to take off, so. Well, I mean, if you can, if you can get a folding Glock and put in a, you know, a bag, a small bag, and next thing you know, you know, you've got, what is essentially a high capacity Glock, you know, it's one of those things where it's pretty cool. Clover, what about you? Best in, best thing you've seen, and what's the one thing you want to see before you go? Uh, I'm going to do this backwards. One thing, because I was just talking about it earlier. 
the hype and, and my excitement over that uh, 458 SOCOM lever action rifle. And I've yet to get down there to them people, and I've been saying, telling them I'm sorry over social and whatever, and I promise I'm going to get by there all week. So uh, tomorrow, definitely got to go check that out. There's just absolutely no doubt about it. Um, as far as the coolest thing I've seen, um, there's been so many things. Um, I'll definitely echo what Marco says about that thumb trigger. I mean, innovation for sure. And for the people that said, well, I'm not going to SHOT Show because there's nothing innovative that's going to be out there this year. That's a load of crap. I've seen all kinds of cool stuff that's that's innovative. Um, but I think probably maybe because it's fresh in my mind, maybe it's a little bit of the FUD life in me. I don't know. But, you know, finally we found Frank today over at the, you know, from uh, formerly, I guess, from SAR USA over now at the, at the Utah's booth. And, and I was over there talking with him. And, uh, man, Utah's has got a semi-automatic 28-gauge shotgun now. And uh, I'm, I'm really into the 28-gauge, have been for a while. And, you know, finding a 28-gauge a, a in anything proves to be difficult uh, unless it's older and, and quite expensive. So the fact that they've got one that's going to be reasonably priced and, and semi-automatic. Semi <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's big. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I'm I'm excited about that. G, uh, what about you? I said that little cricket that looks like a Mosin. And I haven't seen that little revolver yet that shoots two at a time. I didn't find you that. Bastard. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people in chat are talking about that. <laughs> Gotta get by there and see that one. That's uh, that's cool, man. It definitely is cool. Yeah, the one thing that I would love to see is that that revolver that Pink had a picture of that thing, which is sweet. The coolest thing that I've seen so far is at uh, Range Day, Saul Evictus had a fully automatic 20-round drum 12-gauge shotgun that was an absolute beast. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I, like I said, I, G stole my thunder, but I, I would, you know, that little revolver that's eight shots in full pull would be yeah. really cool to see. It's surprising. Yeah, was a, it's surprisingly, an, you know, easy trigger pull too, because you're using two fingers to pull the trigger. So, I mean, it, 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 they say it's nine pounds. It doesn't feel like nine pounds. So. Yeah, there was some really cool stuff that, out there. That age, that age. Well, that that thing was awesome. Oh to shoot. man, that was that was just crazy. That was really cool. Really, really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a smile on my face the entire time I was shooting. I tell you, I had an experience. I think I brought it up a couple nights ago on BGS, <laughs> but on in Terry's day, I got to spend like an hour and a half with Charlie Melton, and he brought out his personal uh, 408 Tejas that he's going to try to shoot at 6,000 yards, and he actually pulled it out, and a bunch of us got to actually shoot his personal rifle. He's going to shoot in April in, in Utah to shoot at 6,000 and it was a four-weight Tejas that, I mean, there was nothing to it. it. It was nothing. I was like, it was amazing. It's something that's going to reach 6,000 yards. And you feel yourself kind of, before you pull a trigger, you kind of lean into it. You know, it's probably going to be a big kick. And there was, like, nothing there. So the fact that you get to shoot a rifle that will probably break the world record in a couple of months, and I could sit there and say, I've literally shot that exact rifle, that was a, kind of a cool thing also. Armenthia says that when she shot it, she did shoot the target, the, the steel, off of the, the stand. So she was pretty happy about that. <laughs> it was way awesome. So awesome. 
So I I want to throw a I want to throw a little round robin. Oh, hang on, we got a little bit of got a bit a little bit of uh, difficulty here with some uh, hotel security. Looks like just doing their job, probably. What's up with that, Ghost? He was asking if we had a Chevy parked down there, and we said no, we're parked right here. And he said, "Have a great night." Awesome. There you go. Uh, I will say that about uh, our our location here. Uh, I don't necessarily want to give it away, but um, you know they got some pretty good hotel uh, security here. I mean they're armed and uh, about look like uh, sheriff's officers almost with their uniforms and stuff like that. So uh, it's uh, you know I feel fair. I you know I do got the we did drive, so I do have my my concealed carry and all. But uh, you know I don't know, I feel pretty safe with with them around. Oh uh, no, I was gonna do. Uh, around Robin, uh, most most interesting person you talked with so far at Shot Show. Any anybody ghost? Man, I I was very fortunate to meet people that I would never thought a month ago that I would ever get a chance to spend time with. Um, honestly, for me, uh, I had to say there was two people. I think. An eye-opener with Timothy Knight, the NRA board member, was kind of an eye-opening conversation you and I had. Right. Honestly, just being around Maj and seeing, like, just Maj and, and, and himself was pretty, I mean, pretty outstanding to see, you know, the rawness, but the passion that is when he speaks. He's very, very passionate about what he talks about. And I can get into anything anyone says if they're passionate about it. So I would say Maj and Timothy Knight were probably the two that I really enjoyed the most. Awesome. Marco, what about you? Did you talk to anybody that stuck out as interesting? Had good stories or anything? Not really, but I realized the, well, I mean, I've been known this, but I actually got a good uh, line uh, to connect with someone at Facebook, so that was that was probably the most interesting thing. Ah. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, what about you, dear? I'm assuming I'm dear, you know, because yeah, clearly he's not going to call me by my name. No, so. Never do. <laughs> so are we saying interesting good or interesting bad? Either way. Just interesting is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had, I've had some really good experiences this week. I've had a couple of bad, um, but so yesterday I had a really bad one or what I consider really bad. And so, um, I was walking around and doing some stuff for Chris and, you know, trying to get his business card out there. And so he could get some content for you, you all you guys out there. And, um, the dude, young fella, there was a lot going on. I mean, he just flat out told me he didn't have time for me. Okay. Chick walks up, tall, thin legs for days, um, cleavage, half shirt, all that. And boy, did he have time for her. So this big, well-known company who flat out told me he didn't have time for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of that, he's, he's looking at me, he's, he's like, you know, do you need anything else for me? No, I'm good. You've got a card. And I turned and walked off. And Kevin, actually, I was telling the girls with uh, Pack and Heat about it. And um, 
because I've got the names of these companies listed in a book, in a little notebook, and have their booth number out there. And I wrote, I keep little notes in it so that I know what I've done and what I haven't done. And I wrote something not quite so nice beside it so that I would remember what happened. And I screenshotted it and sent it to my husband. Joseph, Joseph's laughing. He's seen that. It's funny. I'm surprised and, you didn't put that on Instagram. And I, just and saying. I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that the language was curbed because the original telling of this story in the media room with Gear Gear Report present, uh, and and the poor guy from Sweden. There was this old dude from Sweden sitting on the couch, and I don't even know if he spoke English. But I feel real sorry that he got to hear that story in full force when it was fresh because uh, it did not reflect good on the United States of America, probably. <laughs> but uh, well, what about all, uh, yeah. when, when you when you hear my passion and if you ever hear me get really fired up, either good or bad, I mean, I can go. And, I mean, I can let it rip. And these guys, I mean, I was swinging my arms because I talk with my hands anyway. And man, this morning when we come in, they were already telling me, you know, they're they're they've been instructed. You know, if they start seeing chairs flying or anything, they're supposed to have their cameras ready to catch this. <laughs> uh, Pink, what about you, Pink? Did you talk to anybody interesting? Um, yeah, I talked to uh, the owners of Tactical RX. And, uh, I mean, just, uh, the fact that the one, you know, who's, I mean, I consider him a doctor cause you know, he's, you know, he's done this, you know, his whole life, but his buddy was telling me that he also rally races and he's a champion rally racer and everything else. I mean, you know, just meeting him was pretty interesting. Yeah. He's got all these other things he does on the sides beside the, you know, iPro stuff that he puts out. Right. Right. Well, I had a, uh, I had a good one. We'll see if G is back here in a minute, but, um, actually today, and it was, it was really interesting because a whole lot of the business that I'd done was, was honestly was chance. And it, and it happened, uh, on smoke breaks. It happened outside on smoke breaks. I would go out on smoke breaks and just talk with people and, and people would talk with me and, and uh, hey, what do you do, and and that sort of stuff, and it would always lead to, you know, the swapping of business cards and and you know the potential of of a deal. And today, uh, met a guy. He was smoking a pipe. I was smoking a pipe. So that kind of opened the door for a conversation. And this was one of the most animated dudes with some really cool stories. Old time gunsmith uh, makes custom. Uh, you know, like single shot lever action guns, kind of like a Ruger number one. And, um, yeah, some of the stories that he was telling out there was, was just amazing. Hopefully we can get him on the, on a podcast or something. Uh, eventually if we can get over the tech tech hurdle, because I got a feeling he's not an internet guy, you know? Uh, but if we yeah. can get over that, it would be really interesting to get these stories out. And, and he did them complete with voices. He would be talking about, you know, he was talking with a northerner or a southerner or this, that, and the other, and he would do voices for them. And just a really animated character. Uh, so, you know, when I think about interesting people that I had a conversation, there was a bunch of them, but, you know, he sticks, he sticks out because that's just, you know, stories that, that you can sit there and listen to forever. It was just, he was a great storyteller, you know. 
Um, yeah, Marco, Marco was telling me that the, uh, the guy I was talking about, he's the inventor of the curved prescription glasses. That, oh, nice. The wraparound. He, he's the inventor of that. And uh, he'd been doing it for other companies. You know, one guy was saying that he'd been doing it for these other companies for years. And then they you know, decided to do their own, their own thing. That's interesting. Good stuff. Uh, G, are you around? Yeah, I'm back inside now, so I get to be in the warm so all you guys are out in the cold. So, uh, I don't know. I'm going through my business cards here. I mean, I want to say Alan Gottlieb, so I got a chance to talk to him for maybe, I don't know, half an hour or more. But, um, I mean, uh, I was asking him about some history and stuff because, you know, obviously, he lived through it. That's the one inspired him at 24 years old to start the Citizens Committee. And then uh, some insight on, you know, the NRAs, uh, various fights throughout the years, and uh, waves of anti-gun and you know, just kind of helping me conceptualize some of my stuff from researching it. So that was pretty awesome, but that's sort of a given, you know, he's freaking history. So um, I think somebody, if I had to pick somebody who is not on the list of, or on the radar of most people, <clears throat> is a guy called, uh, uh, I think it's Willie, Willie uh, Lee or Willis Lee, and uh, he's also running for NRA board. Uh, he's a pretty cool dude and not on social media too much, but knows everybody and he's doing stuff. He's been doing stuff for a long time. And um, anyway, I think that's somebody who's uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see uh, more on people's shows and see him get uh, his feedback with internet get his message out there because he's legit and uh, has been in the fight for a long time and is one of the people that's interested in uh, changing the NRA from the inside, you know, with insight, with, with not just saying it, but, you know, doing it. And uh, so that's how I'm going to pick. Yeah, I saw where Gizzard posted. Somebody asked, uh, what was the coolest thing that we saw that isn't a gun? So... Ghost, you want to go first? Oh, man. Um, the coolest thing that wasn't a gun. Man, that's a good question. On range day, did anybody see that little remote control car running around that was a steel? Oh, yeah, that was kind of the little robot car thing. Yeah, yeah that was pretty it was really cool. Just remote control car chassis with steel on it. I don't know. I'm guessing you, you know, they did something to make it so you could shoot at it. That seemed kind of neat. I think I've seen that before. Um, come back wow. to me, Pink. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go ahead and answer. Uh, G posted a pic of a mailbox that was in the shape of uh, there's a what, like a 12 gauge shell, yeah, and, and, yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah, that was downstairs. They had next to it, you can't really tell, can't tell in the picture, they had like a deer, some kind of creepy, but it was just a deer. I don't even know if it would work as a mailbox because you're mailman like where I passed it so much like a deer. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I might I might have to swing by there and uh, grab some pictures of that. That was pretty neat. Upstairs so at the uh, showcase thing or the pop up preview. <laughs> I think it was the pop up preview. It was a set of orange little blinking lights. So kind of thing you throw down if you had a uh, situation on the highway or on a road with a vehicle or something and you need to 
uh, direct traffic away or you know, light up a, a exit or something. And not cheap, super expensive. They're made for departments and you know, governments, but uh, just kind of really neat. They, they Bluetooth to each other. So uh, when one gets moved or kicked away, they still can synchronize and, and provide like a blinking effect or whatever, which is kind of neat. Not a gun for sure. Oh, Clover? Uh, you know, I've had time to I've had time to think, and uh, I don't know. I, I I may still need more time to think. I'm sure there's quite a few things, uh, but one one sticks out, and that was Wednesday. Wednesday there was the uh, uh, pop up review, you know, upstairs. Um, surprisingly, there was a, a lot of products up there, and, and many of them were were not, you know, technically you know guns uh, or even gun related. So. Uh, one thing is, I'm not real sure what you would call them, and they were given some of the basic models of these away as swag, and I picked up a couple, so in the future, some uh, viewers and followers probably have a chance to win one, but almost like a uh, almost like a money clip slash business card holder slash wallet um, type little devices, uh, and again, I don't know what they're called, but they were really weird. They had... And they had some that had almost had like little pocket knives on them and multi tools on them and different, you know, weird little contraptions. They were, they were just really cool. Okay. I was gonna say the two coolest things that I saw that weren't a gun was uh, the new Surefire light. I can't remember the bottle number of it, but it's a four-in-one thing. It's uh, it has an IR laser, a green laser. IR light as well as a white light. I think it's like 600 lumens. So that was pretty interesting. And the second interesting thing that I saw, well, I got invited up to a company's suite of a Venetian just to come by and film something. They wanted me to release the exclusive. I haven't posted it yet. They actually want me to post it on Sunday when I'm flying back. But um, I can't say what the company is or, or what it is yet. But um, all I'm going to say is that the folding AR game is going to change big time really soon. I think one of the cool things that I saw um, that was interesting for me was there was up in the pop-up review, there's a company, and for the life of me, I can't think of the name of them, but it was a uh, an AR stock, but it had, on both sides of the stock, it had places that you could store extra magazines that were very easily accessible to where you don't ever, ever have to really unshoulder the rifle to exchange magazines. If you're in that SHTF situation, which we hope we're never in, but you obviously had a magazine on each side of this, of the stock that you could grab and reload very quickly. And it was a really cool thing. It was innovative. Like I said, you know, for, people that need extra mags, whatever, it was right there on the stock on each side, a little mag holder. So that was pretty cool. Horizontal to the stock or vertical? Well, one was vertical and on one on the, on the, I guess the outside of the stock one was horizontal, but one of them was going vertical, like be like right under your shoulder. So it had, it had two places for magazines. It was pretty cool. Speaking of that, the other cool thing that I saw was uh Samson manufacturing actually now has like a pistol grip tool 
and they're fitting it for a whole bunch of different type of pistols where it'll fit on the on the mil spec grip it'll fit in the magpul grip and they have one for the hogue ak one as well and basically what it is it's a little just you pull it out the bottom of the grip and has all of your cleaning things that you need in there uh side adjustment tool etc etc and they also had um a very small collapsible cleaning rod that collapses it's several pieces. It's not just like your typical two or three piece cleaning rod. It's maybe like eight or 10 pieces, but they're super small and they actually fit in the battery compartment that many of like these stocks have. So it actually it can actually collapse into that. So I think that was a cool little gadget because um, it comes with the full cleaning kit and all the parts that you need to ever take something down and apart. Uh, I'm with Clover's wife and uh, she showed me pictures of these uh, tactical stockings. Go back to your picture. Okay, hang on. I was trying to make it work and talk. Are you talking about tactical stockings like pantyhose? No. I I'm interested in those. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh, those are pretty me. cool. Those are cool, yeah. 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 You can hear, I can hear you. Okay, okay so I found these I tactical stockings, stockings, which I know that... I know that ghost is really into and stuff and so this one uh, and then they've got the Medi girl one and now that i understand the whole patch thing i could totally do these for our family because our christmas tree and our like our tree skirt and even our angel is is covered in camo these would be awesome I know it, it's totally not gun stuff, but it's... But that's, that was the question, so... It's awesome. I think I think that's really awesome. So... Cool. Is that everybody? Uh, did G answer this one? Yeah, I think he did. Oh, okay. okay. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't gun stuff this year. But I at least I paid attention to it. A little feedback there, huh? Yeah, that's why I walked away. <laughs> so let's see. I'm going through the comments now. I walked back in. So um, I was just commenting back and forth. Am I missing anything, Gary, that was like questions about the show or anything? What was that now? About the coolest thing you saw was a gun. Got that one already. Were there any other questions? Is that what you're asking me? Correct. Um, I don't believe any that were actually directed at the panel. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, uh, tip-up barrel Berettas in the last few minutes, but I think that just kind of broke out in the side chat. So, um, have you guys been doing interviews there at the show or setting them up for your shows? I, I did a few interviews. I, I interviewed, I've interviewed several people, um, but a lot of them are going to be set up for shows and podcasts, which uh, one of the coolest ones when I was over at Condor inside the uh, law enforcement thing. They sent me over to a guy that's kind of working with them, and he literally spent a year working with the government, the federal government, and for he's working with veterans that are trying to be in place out of transition and veterans that are having problems trying to find jobs. 
that want to do contract work or, or armed security work, but there has never been a national federal mandated, you know, standard of training or certification to get that. And he worked a year and he has a picture of him in the Oval Office with President Trump. He has the pen and he literally got the official standards of what it's going to take to be an armed security officer or a contractor. And what he's done is he started up a company and he's training veterans through this certification and placing them in these jobs, either overseas or, or in country. And he said, it's been such a big thing. He has over 250 requests for jobs that he doesn't have people for right now. And so he's going to come on the podcast, but he's talking about a standard certification standards for armed security and for um, contractors that they can go through training now. And there is a, there is an actual certification process to get these jobs and these companies are loving it. He said he's already put 200 people with Amazon for armed security through this company there. So he's in, in, in a few short months, he's already put a bunch of veterans to work that are licensed and trained under federal statutes of certification processes. And so I think that's a really cool one that I can't wait to get on a podcast. Anybody else been doing like recordings for your podcast there at the show versus setting them up? Uh, yeah, I was trying to get a, a battery plugged into my phone here, unfortunately, but um, I no, I mean, you guys let me know how long we should go. You're sitting out there in the cold and your batteries are probably dying too. And we got to go to the show tomorrow still. So go ahead. Cole. Yeah, sure. That's true. But yeah, we, we can at least finish this up, but yeah, they, um, no, I mean, my goal going in is, is remain the same. And that was been, has been more to play the Instagram game, kind of get some pics of things that, that interest me and, and cool things that I'm looking at, whatever, uh, and make those contacts and set it up later where, you know, we can do a podcast, have a conversation, maybe get some product to to do video on and stuff like that in, in a lot more controlled environment uh, where the, the quality, audio quality, audio quality is a little better and the video quality is a little better, so forth and so on. Um, the only thing that I did uh, and did not do it live was uh, record. And I've done a few little Instagram clips, but the only thing that I put out across, you know, streamer and uh, uh, YouTube and stuff like that is the uh, the reveal for Tandem Cross and uh, with tomorrow and trying to clean up and catch up and hit a few things that I just absolutely got to before the show's over uh, I don't see having any time honestly to, to record any content uh, tomorrow as well You know, I just realized I dropped the ball. We told I told Gunstreamer I would tell him about our dinner, and I could have told him about this. So um, let's – I'm sorry about that. I should have – I totally dropped the ball, and then I told him I'd let him know. But um, – They've uh, had a heck of a week, too. I was going to say, have you guys seen some of the stuff they've been posting? Um, sounds like they've had a good uh, good show. Yeah, we I spent quite a bit of time with them kind of off and on today, and they – I mean, we were talking, Chloe and I were talking with Austin, all of them, uh, there towards the end before we left the media room. And I just kind of asked him, I was like, you know, I know you're excited about the week. You know, have you met expectations? And all that? He says, it's so much more than we ever expected. So I think they're, they're pretty st uh, stoked about the future of Gunstreamer, which is phenomenal. 
Marco talked to me about something at dinner. I don't know if you're talking about that publicly or not, but that seems pretty cool. Uh, are you talking to me or Marco? Marco. Oh. Sorry, I was muted. Like, what happened? I don't know if you're talking about that deal with GunStreamer. Oh no! I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm not ready to announce that yet. Right on, but yeah, they've definitely been doing some neat stuff. So I'm, I'm looking, like you guys said, I'm looking forward to seeing 2019 with GunStreamer as a resource now. Um, like I say, we probably don't need to keep going forever. You guys are on site, standing in the cold right now. Um. Let's go jump back, see if anybody's commenting on anything. Not really, at least print it to the show or what. So, um, what was your take, G, on since you've been at so many? I mean, I, I'm excited about this. This one was amazing for me and for a lot of people, but kind of what were your thoughts? Was this a good one for you, or I mean, in comparison to others? So, it's, there's lots of ways to look at it. So, growth of the show is good, it didn't decline. They seem like they were going to do well. That's good. Uh, this, the city's good. The weather was good. All of that was good. Um, I'm probably biased because I've got so many people that I know are going. All of y'all. And then uh, the other people I know um, go to the shows now. Um, the uh, Just the crowd seemed real upbeat. I keep saying that. It seems like a good show. Uh, the parking lots and stuff seemed, you know, not full which i guess is a good thing because it's good to you know be able to park and be able to get around the aisles weren't full you could get around but everybody again seemed like business was being done everybody's i saw a lot more smiles than anything else uh more diverse crowd than ever before uh age and well any way you want to characterize it everything was you know it was it was good i think it was pretty decent um not all 100 percent good but uh Definitely way more good than bad. So I, you know, at this point, I'd have to say it was pretty successful. Um, and the people I know that've been going for a while all seem to be, uh, to, to at least, you know, from postings and stuff, have said the same kind of thing. That it's a pretty decent show. What do you think? You've been going for fourteen years. I mean, I can't. I can't speak for more than. Oh, Marco. Oh, I was asking Joe. Oh, Joe. I'm sorry. I forgot Joe's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you even hear him? He's just saying something about keeping busy. What was the show like compared to prior years? Uh, I don't know. Just from, like I told you earlier, just compared to this perspective of the media room, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Just um, more people in there, rushing in and out. It's crazy. But for itself, it doesn't seem as bad as what I normally see. So, where there's that. But yeah, all in all, it looked pretty good. Did you hear all that? Yeah. Um, now I got a question for both of you. Um, now, like last year and this year, where we uh, where they took over the fifth floor, do you think that 
you know, with it keeping expanding and everything else, do you think that's going to outgrow the sands? I hope we outgrow the sands. Sand sucks. So um, <laughs> they are not going to, though, because they're going to take the the, uh, the supplier showcase and move it to off-site. And then they're going to include medical and something else into it. So they're going to take it off-site and change it and grow it. And it's going to be all four days. So it's like parallel, separate spawn of the show that's affiliated with the show and there's going to be shuttles back and forth so we've talked about i think we talked about it on air we certainly talked about how you know siphoning and creating a situation where you have to decide on what to look at you know we don't just have unlimited people we can bring to show you know to have two locations so that means you have to be in one location or the other like that part's i don't know what they're thinking there I was going to say from before, though, too, the show, I feel it seems like there was a lot more chairs and stuff to sit down. You know? Yeah. You didn't have to, you weren't like camping on the floor or looking like every set of stairs wasn't a bunch of people trying to eat. There's, and uh, there's food everywhere. Yeah. There's water everywhere. At first, water everywhere. how many years was it you had to buy water? And like you'd have to go bag water off a of booth and stuff. Like it was a big deal for a booth to give water. Right. It was like three or four years at the damn sands where they acted like water with the treat. And, you know, lucky you got some water. Right. And now there's water everywhere. And there's, there's water coolers. It's not even like tap water like it was. It was actual bottled water. Yeah, bottled water in those Yeti coolers or whatever, which is brilliant because those cooler people are trying to sell their damn coolers and showing you how, I mean, they are effective. There's damn ice in them. Right. Sitting open all day long. There's no magic. There's good coolers, right? So it's great advertising. And there's Knowing there's water everywhere means you don't have to lug six gallons of water with you, which is nice. But like I say, the food, holy crap, back in the day, you got one thing of food in that gross dungeon. It was smelly and stinky, and yeah, it was expensive, and it was like a massive hours. line. Now they've got that like walled off thing where you can get a wall around it so people aren't walking right through. You know, you just paid like $40 to eat a gross sandwich in this humid, gross area. Right. And then there's people walking by, knocking in the back of your chair, trying to cut across. Like, add that all together. There's food everywhere you turn around. There's somebody selling sandwiches or chips or something. Right. So there's, like, as far as just being comfortable at the show, I think that's insane. There's internet everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, you used to be able to see, and I, I didn't see too much of it, but you used to just see people, like, sitting on the ground rubbing their feet, just mm -hmm. hundreds of people. Yeah, just like just, there was some sort of weird, like, refugee thing. Every staircase was... Yeah. People like dying and like, trying to keep themselves going. I don't know, I don't even just adding whatever. Uh, and downstairs, it's as affordable as it used to be. And it's right. great, but they put in, like, they had, I don't know, a really different beginning. Then they added more lights, then they added tables, then they widened it up, then they fixed, you know, the food situation. And they think they cycle the air better down there. Yeah, they got the air better down there, and, and they have actual, they have like LED lights. So I mean, it's it's comfortable to be down there. It's not a bunch of fluorescent lights that are buzzing or so. It doesn't. Lights it didn't above. feel like a basement at all, did it? No, not downstairs. It didn't. I think the layout still is pretty shitty. Like it's the same layout always. I don't think the aisles are done very well. This time I walked like a weird perimeter, and I think that's the way to do it because you just don't. There's no way to walk the show, right? And I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they like colored a wall or something, or put a banner up on one of the walls, 
you could at least use that as a bearing. Even then, you're still kind of walking around trying to figure out, okay, which ways. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, right? Like, start yeah, thinking yeah. everything on the north red, everything on the south blue, everything on the east Or at green. least put signs up on top of the rafters that say exit to give someone an idea, especially if you get turned around. You know, yeah. we've kind of figured it out by now, but the new, you know, there's people walking around, hey, where's the exit, man? Where's the exit? It's go to oh, Remington and take a right, you know? Something made me think of this when you started saying that. Uh, has anybody gone to the Nikon? So, look, I saw something today on Instagram, I imagine, said something like that, um, where they were showing, like, a panoramic of the, show, of the show, and it was at the Nikon booth, and they had a bunch of Nikon scopes, like, mounted on the railing, and up upstairs, though, like, at least two floors, up, like, at least a floor, maybe more up, because it was pretty decent view, and it must be right in the middle of the big building, like, right in the middle of the big room. Uh, so that you get good use of those scopes, but it looks like they also just let you up there to take a good picture. So FYI, if you remember and you're around and you look up, or if you think about it, go up to the second floor of the Nikon, you get a good bird's eye shot of the place. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there because I did a post on Instagram with it. Um, I took one of the SHOT Show maps and we took a picture of me holding it and then we turned around and I put it on the floor and I took, we took a picture of me standing on the map. It's a friend's reference because the place is so huge. It's a reference in friends where they're in London because it's so hard to navigate through. I was lost. I mean, it took me forever to figure out where the big showroom floor was outside of the tactical stuff on the second floor. That's how big this place was. Yeah, it really it, it's it's just confusing for no reason. It's because they're using so much of this thing in it. I don't know who designed that. Whoever designed that, what's wrong with them? It's yeah. not designed to be good. It's a weird kidney shape, and then the other rooms are. There's no way to keep your bearings in there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know yeah. why. They make it so everything's tan or beige or whatever color it is, everything. And it's all, you know, there's nothing to help you figure out which way is which. You only know well, one thing I like to make the convention center, the Las Vegas convention center, is, uh, it was a long, I mean, a big rectangle. It was a big rectangle, really long building. And then one side was all glass. So you immediately always knew where you were. So one side's all glass and the other side was inside. Like the other side's that big hallway. Yeah. So you knew where everything was. You can just look up and see the big glass side and the sun coming in from it. Yeah, but but it being so big and me getting lost at one point actually worked to my advantage because I was sitting there with my little notebook with all my my numbers and my uh, my booth names and stuff on it. And then in my other hand, I'm holding my phone and I'm standing there and lost, lost as can be. And it actually had a company approach me and start the conversation of their product and what I was doing at this show. And, and I mean, from there, I was there at their booth for 45 minutes and it actually went from me being lost to, I have went back to that booth every day this week and I plan to go back again tomorrow. It's just been that awesome. So something that that was, is kind of weird and awkward kind of turned out really well for me. So. Did any did anybody else use the um, like the Shot Show app to pinpoint where you're at and stuff like that? I that tried, chip. I tried, but it didn't work for me. 
Yeah, that little chip in there, um, if you actually hit the button that says you are here, it'll bring up exactly in the map where you're at. And um, I sat there and used it for like, um, you know, I wanted to hit this booth, this booth, this booth, this booth. And it would route me like, um, you know, you were here, then you, uh, you click it and go to the first booth. And um, then when you click the check mark that you had been to that booth, it'll sit there and route you on the map to the next booth. Um, I, I have use not that tried. Today. I, 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 I might new. try that tomorrow just to see how it works. I did not try that, dude. But uh, I'd say it was interesting that I was talking to a buddy of mine that works at Century Arms, and he was telling me that that um, they actually made the aisles this year. I don't know if he got this preview because he's he's actually the trade show executive for Century, and he was saying that each aisle on each side was three inches. The aisles were three inches more narrow this year. That way they added more aisles to the show because they made each aisle more narrow. So they were able to add more aisles. And I thought that's interesting for us. We, we wouldn't notice that, but the exhibitors obviously noticed that there was less room in the aisles, but they added more booths in there because they were able to create that because the aisles were, were more narrow. I thought that was interesting. How crazy is it that how big that place is that by changing the aisles, basically six inches, they're able to create, you know, what, eight foot by something, eight foot, 10 foot booths. Exactly. Just by each aisle being, and, and we would never notice it. You know, we, as, as, as people, we don't notice that, but the exhibitors obviously knew that, you know, All right, well, that did air lets us know that uh, we're talked it out. So appreciate everybody jumping in and uh, making an effort to get the shot and help sharing it with everybody. And uh, looks like it's been real productive for everybody, which is always good. Uh, thanks to people that joined us live. And whoever might watch this in the future, you can contact everybody through their websites or their uh, place over on gun channels. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Has anybody got anything they want to say before we head out? I want to say thanks to Giz for helping with the chat. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, thanks, Giz. And and uh, if you weren't here this year, don't make the mistake of missing it next year. Yeah. Do my best. All right, and so we'll jump out and have a cigarette with you guys, and then uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow.